This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Of course, we've got the MEC on the line and we want to talk about uh, quite a number of issues that we want to go through with the MEC. MEC, good evening. Welcome. Evening, Gamlan. Evening to all your listeners. Good evening. And good compliments. Yeah, compliments, compliments of the new seasons as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, quite a number of issues, MEC, I want us to go through in, in the next 15 minutes. But let's start with this. Of course, we're in the second wave. There's been a surge in the province. Are we coping as a province? How are we doing? Uh, basically, yes, it, it's tough. Uh, we can tell you that, um, that we are facing a more tougher wave than we did uh, with the first wave in July. Um, it has been difficult, but uh, we are coping as a department because there's no single patient who has requested a bed in our public facilities and we can't provide. There's no single patient that is currently requesting uh, an, an ITU or ventilator mm. and we cannot provide. But of course, at the same time, we've seen, especially the numbers for those who are admitted in the private hospitals, they've now, uh, of course, surpassed the capacity. Mm. Uh, and, and, and if you look at, at that, they, they've tried, uh, NetCare has even came up with more beds and have those uh, 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 that fills beds which are extra to assist and to support. Yeah. Which, and which, which, yeah. When you're talking about beds, um, you have seen this, you have responded to this. Uh, th- there were reports suggesting that we do not, we no longer have ICU beds that we're struggling with accommodating. So you're saying there hasn't been a patient that has been turned back. Uh, how are we doing in as far as that is concerned? And, and just to respond to that issue around beds. Look, um, I'm receiving the reports on, on availability of beds on the daily basis. If you remember, as a department, we even became proactive mm. and issued a memo last week uh, to public notice that, look, our beds for COVID-19, because now the numbers are increasing, they're going to be controlled provincial. Where in, actually at the district level, mm. where in, if you are a patient, for instance, you are sick, and you go to Bukawa Hospital, and they found that there is no COVID-19 bed. We are going to check on our system. If there's a bed in the work home, we will transfer you to the work home. If you need a, an ICU bed, and then the work home ICU beds are full, we will take you to Mankwen. So you are not going to choose where you want to be. So that is just a plan for control. So as it is for now, mm. Our bed occupancy, if I can and just to give you an illustration. Yeah. In terms of patients, uh, patients who are under investigation, the PUI, we currently have dedicated 717 beds across the province. As we speak, we've got only 358 that are being fed. It's roughly 49 to 50%. Mm. If you look at the patient who have been confirmed cases, We've got around 318 admitted across the hospital when we have put up uh, 944 beds. So we've got 33% of those beds occupied. If you look at in terms of our ICU and and just Polokwane only, we had only two patients that were in ICU. The very same monkeying that people came up with all the stories. By the way, I even took journalists to those hospitals to see for themselves and to to interview nurses who are working and doctors who are working with COVID-19 patients. Those who are telling them to say, 
even the N95 mask, which you are supposed to be given, you can repeat it. In our hospitals, we are not repeating. The, the only person who's repeating N95 is me because uh, it will not be uh, contaminated uh, by patients. So mm. you are allowed to wear an N95 mask more, more than once. But in our hospitals, all of them, when they get into the COVID-19 world, they are always uh, Those who are working in casualty, because it's a danger area. Mm. We still have got PPEs. We still have got that. You see, the problem is that journalists always, uh, uh, they, they wrote a story about the anonymous doctor that they interviewed without getting the side of the story of the department, which I feel that becomes uh, yeah. uh, not fair because you need to get the other side of the story before doing that. Because when we go further on to investigate, mm. there are some doctors, which we need to be honest, who have said they, because what we are saying is that certain units are not busy mm. as we speak. Mm. For instance, our trauma, surgical disciplines might not be busy. Anesthetic might not be busy with trauma cases. And mm. so what we are saying is that all of us must share the workload. You can't leave COVID-19 to people in internal medicine only. You've got to share the workload. So there are those doctors who say, i rather uh, resign. Mm. than working in a COVID-19. And so you can see that, yeah, you, you've got certain soldiers that you can't rely on when and, you go And when war. you're talking about soldiers, I just spoke to Dinosa now. They are saying you are releasing uh, 350 or so nurses who were in training that they are, uh, they do not have them, you do not have the manpower as the department. You do not have enough nurses. As you speak about availability of beds, you do not have uh, people to mend these beds. I think, I think still, I wouldn't want to come here and start to debate with unions uh, on the media space when they know where my office is and, and where we can discuss this issue. We're in a, uh, a period of pandemic, and let's not be opportunistic and want to bring mm. the issues that you remember last year when the Treasury wouldn't allow us to appoint because there was no money, mm. uh, even with the medical officer. But we have seen that uh, all the medical community service doctors who have completed their community service, uh, there were there were stories that they were not absorbing all of them. Yes, we can't be absorbing everybody. Mm. What is happened is that we advertised posts and we were able to appoint. All the medical officers, I think, the applications were even far less than the posts that were provided. Even with COVID-19, you remember with our nurses, we've advertised many posts. This week, as I'm talking about, uh, we have been issuing appointment letters for those professional nurses who can come and join and assist in the fight of COVID-19. So we cannot uh, work on a one-size-fits-all. And people can say we are not planning when they've been part of the planning process. And when we they are, we're always uh, 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 briefing them, even tomorrow, mm. we will be meeting with all the unions. Uh, the HOD will be briefing them on even the vaccine. We can't come and talk to the media about those things before we even brief them in-house. Okay. So for me, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, we need each other. And I wouldn't want to come here and rubbish any other person. I know we're in the frustration. Everybody is frustrated. Mm. We need stuff. Actually, for COVID-19, stuff is not only the nurses and the doctors that we need. Even our premier has supported to say, treasurer must assist in making sure that we must get those potters, mm. those cleaners to assist. Because now that the numbers are going very high, 
even our own staff is getting infected and getting sick. So to get the staff that will work for COVID, it's non-negotiable. Okay, so so two more issues. One other issue, MEC, and I'll come back to COVID in a bit uh, broadly around your message. Is you, you, you met with Funeral Palos earlier today. What, what What is the meeting about? What issues came out of that? Well, the, the meeting, it, it, it was clear that uh, in, in terms of our stage plan, you look at the stages that deals with fighting of COVID. Stage six talks about medical care, which we are in that stage. And stage seven talks about bereavement and, and the aftermath. That the stage, we're in two stages now, the medical care and the bereavement. Now, well, you can deal with bereavement without preparing also your undertaking. When we started this uh, last year in March, we met with the undertaker, we trained them, we took them through how to, but we should indicate in Gamla, mm. we dropped the ball. Uh, when we saw numbers going down, when people were no longer dying of COVID, but now we are seeing the numbers of deaths also rising and increasing, more people getting infected. Were even undertakers themselves getting infected. So firstly, the meeting was to make sure that we refresh each other about what are the requirements when a person dies immediately. First 72 hours is enough for families to prepare and run the funeral. That's the first thing. So, yeah. Secondly, we're saying there are other deaths that will not necessarily have happened as a result of COVID-19. But to be on the safer side, let's treat every uh, a person as if they might be infected who might not have the results so that they protect themselves. And also they were sharing with us some of their frustration, mm. issues of getting a, a death a re- registration, which I've already discussed with the Minister of Home Affairs, is going to, uh, to, to give us all the solutions that we need mm. so that we can improve uh, in that. We were also issues of saying when a person demise at home, the family still wants ambulance to come and certify. To indicate that we must separate EMS when it's certify a person death. You would have called them to say there is somebody who is not well. On their way, the person demise, mm. they will certify the person dead when they arrive. Okay. But they are not called and to come and do that. So we are doing uh, that. So there are quite a number of issues. Yeah, but most certainly. importantly, was collaboration for us to work together. Talking and about I collaboration, Emis, uh, uh, I've seen your, your, your messages that you're putting out lately. And of course, uh, serious focus points have been talking about uh, people not going to funerals and gatherings and, and, and different messaging. There. Talk to us about uh, what prompted, prompted that and the design of these messages. Okay, what prompted them is simple. We look at our epidemiologists look and then they send us all the, 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 the cases. Mm. The cases that we were getting last week, for instance, when they were getting skyrocketing, was as a result of the, the parties that we have been, the weddings that we had over Christmas, yeah. uh, all those fun, uh, parties that we had. So that's why you saw us now saying the current death that we're dealing with, when you, inter- you know how we picked up, is that you find that you, 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 my mother is sick. When she goes to the hospital, she tells them, I've never left the household. I was at home throughout. Only to find that when they test me, I'm positive, mm. and realize that I was at a wedding or at a party or at a lodge where there was a festival or whatever it is, and Makadi was performing somewhere. And you realize that I could have been infected there and come and infect uh, my, my, my yeah. mother at home. Mm. So, so we are currently dealing the death that we are dealing with in Gamla today. Yeah. It's those people who are infected because of December, Christmas parties and everything. So the message is informed by that to say, even if you don't post that party you attended or the wedding that you attended, just remember that 
the COVID-19 results with. They will, the, 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 the mortality rate that we're seeing today is telling us that you were at the party and you have infected an innocent person at all. Mm. So we are calling you and saying, stop going to the party. Because people who are dying are innocent people who are not even going to those parties. That's okay. why you see the anger. Now Let coming see, yeah. to the second message yeah. of the, the funeral, mm. the same we're saying, if we don't stop funerals, because currently we are burying people that have died because of Christmas party. Mm. If we don't stop and, and tell people that no one will die if you, at, you don't attend a funeral. But if you attend a funeral, many people are going to die because of your attendance of that funeral. So we cannot continue to be massaging each other. Okay. During Let me see. Now, the, the issue, I know... I know that um, the, the, the president met with uh, different MECs and is going to speak in a bit. I know you're not a prophet. I'm going to ask you to be, if it was you, what would you predict the president is going to say as part of intervention for COVID-19, if you were to make a prediction? I don't, I don't believe in prediction. Okay. If I've got the issues, I raise them. It's up to the leadership to decide. But whatever they decide on, I am a, a deployed cadre. I only uh, carry the mandate and implement. So let me not ask you to predict. What do you think the president is going to say? I I think it it will be incorrect and ill-displayed. For me, as a deployee in government, serving under the same leadership of the president and the premier, and start to come to the media space and try to... Uh, behave as if I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I can, no, I'm not and going to get that. that out of you. Okay, so, so, thank so you please, very much. Amy. You are not going to get that from me. Uh, I am a di- diplo- disciplined cadre. I've been deployed in this uh, position. I've made my uh, uh, presentation uh, the way, and I represented the people of Limpopo. Uh, the leadership will pronounce, and all of us shall, shall soldier on Gamla. Okay, thank you very much, Emisi. Good evening to you. Thank you. Okay. No, I'm not going to get that out of the MEC there. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.